The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a stretch of level ground with a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. And raising his eyes towards his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you and insult you and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven. For their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in the same way. The Gospel of the Lord. The Lord be with you. We've just read this morning, Deacon Larry proclaimed from the Gospel of Luke, the very oft-heard passage of the Beatitudes. And I think possibly uh, when we read the Beatitudes, of course it sounds very churchy, right? Just to start off, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who are hungry. We've heard it many times before. Perhaps it's often interpreted maybe in a somewhat shallow way to think that as Christians we have to help the poor and those who are hungry and persecuted and that's certainly true but there's there's a lot more to this than meets the eye. When I read this I was this past week uh, recognizing something that happens when I read this in myself which is as Jesus gives this whole list of blessings for those who are poor and weak and suffering there's a little bit of um, uneasiness in my heart because I really don't identify myself personally with that list I don't feel like I'm poor or hungry or persecuted and I think probably if we're honest here most of us wouldn't reading that list feel like it was a description of you and that's kind of a bad thing because Jesus then says, if this isn't you, woe to you if you're rich, if you're full, if you're having a good life. So we kind of have a, a problem here because what can we do, you know, in our world here to um, begin to identify more with the first part than the second part? Well, I have a solution. So I think I have a, I've 
reflected and did a little study on, on the Beatitudes themselves, and I recognized something which I wanted to share with you. I think it begins really with understanding the word Jesus uses when he talks about blessedness, right? He says, blessed are the poor. And the problem that I think we have is it's more because of things that are lost in translation, right? The Greek word Jesus is using is makarios. So even though I failed Greek in the seminary twice, uh, I can read this. It looks more or less like English, makarios. And it's, it's a word that sometimes, unfortunately, is translated as happy. Happy are the poor. But it means a lot more than that. If you go to Greece, you might encounter a man whose name is makarios. Or in Latin America, there are women whose name is makarena kind of like the, the happy dance that they do down there, right? I think you'll remember this homily now, next time you hear that song. <laughs> it also blessed, but it's also a little more than that, because to be blessed means God on high has looked with favor upon you, and that's a good thing, but makarios isn't a knowledge that God's happy with me. It's something deep in my soul that I possess. You see, Jesus, when he was in Luke's gospel, giving the list of blessings and then the list of curses, if you went to first century uh, Holy Land at the time and you were hearing Jesus say these words, you would have recognized that Jesus is, he's sort of imitating Moses. Jesus did that often. He's the new Moses. Moses in Deuteronomy gave a list of blessings and a list of curses. But Moses and Jesus, their lists are kind of flip-flopped. Moses said, if you follow God and you heed his voice, you will be blessed. You will have children, peace in your homes, and food to eat. And if you don't follow God, you will be poor and you will be suffering and you will have uh, no peace in your home. So while Jesus is kind of doing the Moses thing, Jesus is greater than Moses, right? So he's changing things around. And then Jesus uses this word makarios. If, if you were at the time of Jesus and you had learned Greek and read the Iliad and the Odyssey and Plato and all of those great literature of the Greeks, you would have known what the word makarios actually meant. If you've seen the movie, uh, the Disney movie Hercules a while ago, that cartoon about the Greek gods and goddesses and, and you know, Zeus and, and all of those, that soap opera up in heaven, right? That uh, the gods and goddesses, that's who are the true makarios for the Greeks, the blessed immortal ones. So Jesus is now saying something completely different because for the, for the Greeks, the makarios, the gods were all powerful and, and beautiful and, and, and were wise and kind of had all kinds of control and things and power. But Jesus is now saying to be godlike, it's going to be poor and suffering. Jesus just kind of keeps making all things new. And that still doesn't really come to a solution, though. It's like, well, what does this all mean? How can being godlike be 
someone who's suffering. And maybe this didn't make sense to them at the time, but a few months later, Jesus would be on his passion, in the middle of his passion with his cross. And if we just look to a moment to the crucifix here, we see Jesus broken, poor, and persecuted, and he is God. The Beatitudes are a way of life Jesus lived. The Beatitudes can be lived by us if we follow the steps of Jesus. We will become Christ-like, God-like, if you will, when we in turn embrace the crosses we have in our lives. So let's just get real for a moment here. Perhaps when we first read the Beatitudes, it's a little uneasy because we're, we're not poor, we're not suffering. But that's not how we should interpret this today. If you are here, I am sure that you have some cross in your life that you're carrying. If you have a cross, perhaps it's time to, like Christ, embrace that cross. Think of, a, of an elderly parent who you have to take care of who as they've, in the dementia, they repeat the same story to you over and over again. And for you, that's very hard to listen to patiently over and over again, but it's the first time for them they've ever told you that. Or perhaps someone in your life has hurt you very deeply and you have to take the long road of forgiveness. That's a heavy cross to carry. Or maybe it's just going to work every Monday morning and earning that salary so that you can feed your children and everyone uses the money from your work but you, right? And that's, that's a, a heavy cross for a mom or a dad to carry. Whatever that cross is in your life, embracing that is to be Christ-like. Now Jesus, when he, used, when he was speaking at the time, he actually wasn't speaking in Greek there would have been a Hebrew word or an Aramaic word that would have been ashray. Ashray is a deep joy in your heart when you know God is with you. It's the, the joy that the Jewish people would describe when they ended their pilgrimage to Jerusalem and they came up on the final hill and they could see the temple before them that breathtaking moment when they knew they were, they were close to God, they were coming into the city of God, that joy is probably the word Jesus used. And so if you want God to be with you, if you want God to be a part of your life, if you want to touch God today, I invite you to place your cross on the altar. That's the meaning of our offertory when the bread and the wine is brought to the altar we're supposed to also lay our prayers and petitions and crosses there on the altar as we offer them up to our Father. There's a type of Christianity that thinks of the gospel as if you're faithful to the Jesus and you believe, you'll be blessed with health and wealth. They call it the prosperity gospel. That's a shameful way of thinking of Christianity. It's an embarrassment for Christianity. Christ is the center, and a true Christian is going to look every day more like this man on the cross, which is the most difficult moment of Jesus' 
but it's also the moment he loved us the most. It's the, at one and the same time the hardest moment and the most beautiful moment for our Lord. So today as we prepare the offerings for the altar in your heart, I invite you to spiritually place that now on the altar so that today hopefully we will be truly makarios, those who don't run from our crosses but willingly pick them up and follow Jesus our Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.